everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast Episode 211. I'm your host, Chris Pervitz, here, here with RP Gamers, most awesome and most regularly available on Saturday morning hosts, which makes them the best hosts, right? Yes, because they're here to bring you all the news, all the reviews, all the facts. Well, maybe not the reviews, but everything else that's awesome about RPGs. We're covering it here, right now. And, uh... Yay! Yes. Yay, indeed. So, um... All I have to say about that is this. So, there you go. Uh, what are we, uh, what are we covering today? News. News. New new system launch. Wait, wait. Did you not actually introduce anybody? No, I I didn't actually introduce anyone. He just said we're all here because we're always here. Yeah, I mean, we got Michael Tidwell. Yeah, whatever. I'm already bored with this. You don't want to talk to me. Anna-Marie Neufeld. Being the only girl, it's easy to pick me out. Yeah. Emmanuel Marino. In sunny California. In sunny California. I'm in sunny Wisconsin. It's just freaking cold. Do I want singularity or overlook? It's it's February. It's not going to be sunny in Vancouver. (laughs) And finally, John Yerworth. It's raining here. That's a, I see. Did you touch a little girl? What happened? (laughs) Wow. I don't know what you're doing on your side of the podcast. Yeah. So (laughs) Manny's, you know, desire to have good um, exclamations and Japanese sounds have led me to actually pick up. Uh, Okay. So the other day I saw this tweet from Crunchyroll and they're like, hey, check this out. This is weird. It's a dating sim where you date pigeons. Which doesn't make any sense, and I don't think it's supposed to make any sense. And as I was wait, looking wait, are at, they like are they anthropomorphized no, pigeons? No, 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 they're just pigeons. pigeons pictures no, of they pigeons. Are actual pigeons. It's, I think it's just a dating sim, but instead of using anime artwork, they just use pigeon artwork. I don't even know that they acknowledge that they're pigeons. To be quite honest, um, maybe someone more familiar with it can tell me. But as far as I know. Uh, I'm it's not sure pigeons. that anyone wants to freely admit that they're more familiar with this game. You know, just saying. I, yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, so they're pigeons, but on the site that was selling this site in the, this game in the U.S., they had other weird stuff, including download eighty um, female cleric voice acting files for a dollar forty-four. I'm like, wait, what are these? These are royalty-free voice acting files to use in a video game. I am buying these for our show. So we now have random Japanese exclamations, and I also have male ones. Let's see. Let's see if that works. Oh, oh wait. That's the girl. Apparently, I've added the girl twice somehow to my list. Okay. Somewhere I am supposed to have guys. I'm going to fix that. Okay. <laughs> Feels like you're making a very different kind of game later on. <laughs> oh, you can't tell the difference? Um, yeah. Anyway, so it's too bad because the guy makes noises like you were talking about, Manny. So it's just kind of perfect. <gasps> yeah, exactly. Hmm. Oh, well. So let's see. Oh, and uh, yeah. So I have, uh, I have random uh, exclamations for us now. It'll be awesome. Once I ever get that actually working. Welcome uh, to the Saturday morning zoo. That's I think it's what we've been missing, really. Yes, that's gonna that's gonna get us high in the rankings on iTunes. Mm-hmm. I, I I really I really feel strongly that it's this and pigeons. That's you know wait, no. 
Uh, let's see here. Okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm too distracted with this. I, it's so much fun because you get things like this. Like, I don't even know what that means. That was an oh, attack God. sound. I don't know what that means, but it was an attack sound. So, all right. <laughs> uh, guys. Should we move on? <laughs> yeah. So what, what happened this week? Anything important? I, I don't know. I've not been keeping track. Did something, happen, did something important happen this yeah, week? Yeah, people sent us email, fool. It's time to read them. So first off, we've got some feedback from Heidegger, who says, I have to agree with Chris about Final Fantasy X's Sphere Grid. The openness of Final Fantasy XII's job board made character progression boring, barring self-imposed limitations. There was no reason not to make each character great at everything. I much prefer being forced to deal with a limited set of combat roles and coming up with strategies which will best utilize these roles. The only thing a system like the job board is useful for is eliminating the need to use characters that are annoying. For that reason, I can't honestly say that I hated that they used that system for Final Fantasy XII since it was a huge relief to be able to play the game without, while ignoring Van and Penelo almost entirely. Ouch. Van What's wrong okay, with Van let me do a dramatic creation of they Chris. They're complete yeah. morons? Yeah. No, dramatic that's fair creation. enough. I, I got that impression in Revenant Wings, but, you know. Uh-oh. Manny's doing a, a dramatic impersonation. Okay, here we go, here we go. Let's see what the comments are this week. I have to agree with Chris. First message of the day. It All was right. the only substantive comment in the message board thread, other than okay. stuff people reacting to how freaking long that Super Robot Wars FAQ actually is. <laughs> I long. did warn you. I did warn you. <laughs> well, and we also discussed the fact that that was the reason that me and you liked Final Fantasy that Final Fantasy V challenge because I think you guys it gave are just us bitter that somebody agreed with limitations. Me for once. It's like, how hey. dare someone agree with Chris? <laughs> it's, he was funny once. Remember that Shogun 2 joke? <laughs> <laughs> I see. Uh, we've got feedback from Fran, Francesco, Francesco Nasso or something. Francesco. Um, my Francesco? name is Francesco. <sighs> Guys, that was the that... joke. That was the joke. I was going to get to the end of the letter Francesco. and read that and be like, oh, I should have read that first. And you've ruined uh... it. You guys have ruined oh. it. Her name is Francesco. Hey there, RPG cast crew. The show has been great as of late. I'm enjoying the shorter, more focused episodes compared to some of the three-hour argument-filled casts of the past. Chris, as always, is a great host, and the chemistry of the current cast is definitely apparent. If I could offer three things I'd like to see more on the podcast, it would be these three things. More Lucifer. Poor Manny is relied upon too often to inject the podcast with wit, reason, and intelligent humor. I approve of this message. Did you know that that's your job, Manny? I approve of this message. <laughs> Someone to write down and keep track of predictions. Of us, yeah. The rest of us don't have intelligent humor. We're just apparently the butt of bad jokes. I'm just I'm just British. Well, yeah, you get off on your Britishness. The rest of us apparently don't have any excuse. Hmm. Well, uh, someone to write down and keep track of predictions. Listening to old episodes, it's scary how often Chris has been right about things that will happen three, four, or five months in the future. One example is being right about Final Fantasy XIII not coming out to 2010. Yes, because it is very hard to predict that a Square game will be late. <laughs> uh, let's see. That no, no, was me having that part of it. So, more time. To, none of you guys are predis- impressed with my predictions, are you? No, wait, you, you make so many, some of them are wrong. I, apparently, I make accurate predictions. I don't know. Whatever. When was what was the last one you made? Game of the Year show. Yeah. Uh, uh, I said White Knight's story is... would be a piece of crap, and it was. 
Well, and we everyone, all said that. No, you did not. Everyone's like, this is going to be good. I'm like, this is going to suck. And I called it months that, before that, everyone else. I think that predates my time on this podcast. It does. It yeah. does. And that was a long time ago anyway, so that's not very recent. Yeah, I was going to say, have you made any recent, more recent ones? <clears throat> I don't I'm, know. I'm just kind of wondering I need if someone to the, write them down. Like they the say. tactic of throwing enough things in the sky, you eventually hit something. Hey, come on. Don't ruin my moment. More time devoted to what you have been playing. <laughs> I've gotten many awesome buy suggestions over the years from this section, and it's a shame to, sh- it's a shame to see it being rushed. <clears throat> a rushed affair at the end of the show. Yes, which the only way to do that is to make it the first thing of the show, which I guess we could do. Zoltan writes in and says, I have three orders of business with you. This is a very serious business letter from Zoltan. So, you know. Um, Oh, he didn't. Oh, why did he do that? Oh, he actually put a segment in. I didn't realize that. Okay. Order business number one. You guys are always saying that Bethesda games are horrible on PS3. The first Bethesda game I ever played was Oblivion on the PS3, and I thought it was amazing. I don't know about Skyrim, but in the case of Oblivion, there weren't any unforgivable glitches, and autosave works quite nicely. So what exactly did you like, dislike about Oblivion on the PS3? Oh, me? I don't know, whoever. Anybody who can answer this. Because it locked up on me several times, and it was kind of chuggy. It also took like a year and a half to come out for that versus like all the other platforms, right? Yeah, and it, the loads were a little. Oh, and the saving system was painfully slow. You know that because like, well, that's to be fair. That's not really, but there's this fault. That's a Sony. Uh, that's a Sony mandate that you have to use their saving backend. Mm-hmm. Which you know you have to pull up that black menu as to load all the way to the end. And you have to okay it. Uh, yeah. So you know, it, and the worst part is like a game like a Dead Dead Space. It actually takes you out of the sort of out of the atmosphere because you know how, how much of Dead Space UI is that built in. That should only be for new saves. When it's updating an autosave, it doesn't have to do that. Every time I had to pull it up. That's so weird. Yeah, because I know thirteen two is just autosaving in the corner all the time. Yeah, but mm, yeah, it's true. Fair enough. For an autosave, it would do that. But if you're just trying to back up, you know, because it's a Bethesda yeah, game. You no, you're right. On. Yeah, you're right. It's a Bethesda game. You need to make lots of saves. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I always come to rpgamer.com, pronounced RPG Aimer, to stay up to date on upcoming RPGs and make sure I don't miss any RPG epiphanies. I don't really check other sources, so I think you can imagine how taken aback I was when I looked up a Motoi Sakuraba list of works and found out that he composed freaking Dark Souls. Why didn't you tell me this? This is one of those RPG epiphanies. You should know that I'm a Saku lover. Now I have to go buy this game, and even though I kind of don't want to because it took me 400 hours to Platinum Demon Souls, and I don't want to go through all that again, but now I have to, so thanks a lot for making me for for making me get behind. <laughs> uh, they they really should be a better word than Saku lover. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Motoi Sakuraba-san is his, his... I don't know what I'm saying. All right, please listen to this review I recorded of Demon Souls and then laugh at it, he says, which I will have to insert later. So let's let's insert that here. It's Hardcore Otaku Time with the Legendary Zoltan and another Legendary Game Review. The Legendary Zoltan, the Zoltanator, Zoltanorama, doing a review, having split personalities. And today we'll be reviewing the very game that split them in the first place. A natural born player like you pulling a Fei Fong Wong because of an RPG. What title could it possibly be? That would be Demon's Souls' 
this. Oh yeah, we are so old school hardcore. You bet we are. High five. Yeah. Old school. Old school. Old school. Demons and Souls is 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 was released in America in October 2009 for the PS3. Happy Halloween. It was published by Atlas. Learn some geography and developed by From Software. You need to brush up on your grammar. And if you think that I'm Wait, I need to brush up on my grammar? Yeah, I have no idea. <clears throat> I have no idea what you just said, man. I said the game was developed by From Software. Well, what do you mean by that? Either it was developed by Software or it was developed from Software. It can't be both. No, the name of the company is From Software. Well, wouldn't it be easier to just say what software the company got their name from? No, I just told you their name is From Software. You're not making any sense. Just listen to me for a second. A video game is software. Even if a game is made using the same engine as another game, we don't say it's made from software. And how can a game be made by software? That would mean that a computer created the game all by itself. That does not make any sense. You're right. What you should have said was the game was made with software. You're out of your mind. Hey, you don't want to take this seriously? Fine. Moving on. Look, let's just pop the game in and watch the intro together, okay? Sounds good to me. Okay, here we go. All right. Starting off with a dramatic musical number. Nice. You know what would be cool is if this game started with a heavy metal intro. Uh, I got news for you, Zoltan. What? It is heavy metal! Yeah! Opening ever! Did you see that dragon? You know it! It was awesome! Yeah, he was! High five! Woot! Woot! Are you ready for an epic battle? Yeah! Against a badass, fire-breathing dragon! Hell yeah! And prepare to be disappointed! Why? Because that is the second easiest boss in the game! No! And guess who the easiest boss in the game is? Well, that would have to be the first boss, right? It's not as early as the first boss, but it's close. It's the final boss. That's the most ridiculous nonsense I've ever heard. Way to go to software. So now we make a character, and right off the bat, you will see why this game is said to be so challenging. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. What the hell is... That's a human? That's your character. <laughs> That's how the game crushes you. The characters are so ugly that you have to learn to play using only your peripheral vision. Well, they can't all be this bad, right? Hit the randomize button. Ew. Ew. Hey, this one's not too bad, actually. Okay, I'm going to name him Pac-Man. P-A-C-M-A-N. I forgot the hyphen. Now, if you've played through the tutorial, you are probably already dead. Just like people who eat Thai food and say, it's not spicy. Once you're in the main game, one of the first things you'll notice is that there are ghosts. Just call me the Pac-Man. Oh, are you serious? 
serious? You can die when you're already dead? Yes, because this is Demon Souls. So what are the penalties for death within death in this game? Well, you have to go back to the beginning of the level. That, any souls you wanted to use for leveling up are gone. So basically, your experience points are reset. Is souls you wanted to use for shopping are gone as well. So there goes all your money. Bull. And you have forfeited a volume of happiness. Feces. Why the hell do they have to be so damn harsh? Because this is Demon Souls. So how's the multiplayer? It must be pretty fun, right? Ah, uh, working together with your friends to take down a difficult boss. That is fun, isn't it? I love thinking about the tactics we'll use. Yeah, there's none of that. The real fun in multiplayer in Demon Souls is putting down your soul sign and then messaging your friend to ask if he can see it. Sometimes you get a reply saying no, but sometimes you suddenly get summoned. It's so exciting wondering which it will be. That sounds lame to me. It is lame, man. It's a pain in my freaking ulcer. I have ulcers too because I'm freaking hardcore old school. Yeah, old school. Old school. Hardcore. Ulcers. You know what else feels almost as good as an ulcer? What? Getting almost to the end of the level and then another player comes and kills you. Yeah, I freaking love that crap like I love touching myself with sandpaper gloves. Yeah, it chafes like crazy. Yeah, because we're hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do you know what else is hardcore? No. Making puns with the developer's name. Yeah, from software. To software. In software. Above software. Face software. Yo mama software. It used to be hardware, but then I played Metal Gear Solid 2 and saw Ryder naked, and now it's soft software. Oh. And you know what else is hardcore? Finishing this review. Hell yeah! Graphics? Good! Sound? Not much! Gameplay? Old school! Difficulty? Hardcore! Final comment? The only way to get through this is to memorize the strategy for every area and screw the platinum trophy because it requires endless, boring as hell grind sessions that aren't freaking worth it because it's Demon Souls! Demon Souls! Your RPG playing ass! Sincerely, the legendary Zoltan. Thanks, Zoltan. Uh, I literally listened to your entire review, and I have some things to say. So this is feedback from the Game of the Year wrap-up from Alan. And he says, before I start, I will preface this. I have a lot of friends in the industry, and I get inside information. Some things I'm about to say you might not have access to right now. Two, Whatever. I, I like how you don't generalize and tend not to hate on genres. Well, we only have one genre, so it's... If we hated on it, that wouldn't work very well. I guess we don't hate I, never thought about, I don't know. <laughs> Chris, you forgot about a legendary FPS hate. Oh, okay. But we don't talk about FPSs that much. Because okay. we hate them that much? I, I guess. I, don't. I own basically every RPG since 1970. I have about two rooms full of nothing but games and RPGs over 5K. Um, what does that mean? Over 5,000 games, over $5,000... There's no air in that room. It's it's literally full of... Oh, he doesn't say literally. That's still... The best RPGs of 2011, in his opinion, and he wants to know... He, he wants to make sure we know this. Disgaea 4, Radiant Historian, he asks, why didn't we mention this? And I, the answer I have for you is, it's not my fault. Blame the review people who I had on the show. I don't know. <laughs> and Dragon Quest 6. Okay, which, but it won some awards, so it isn't like we didn't talk about it at all in the Game of the Year show. Yeah, it, it, it is, though. We didn't talk about it on the Game of the Year show, really. It was mentioned, but... I don't think it was. <laughs> I think he's right. I think, I think the problem is, is 
out of all the people you had on the Game of the Year show, I think only Adrian played it. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It's like the the one that won the it was one of the high up ones on the overall site awards, but it didn't show up for beans on this on this show. It's kind of weird. Um, everybody should go play it. I hear it's like really awesome. <laughs> so best RPGs of twenty twelve. He's gonna tell us now what the best games of next year are gonna be due to his industry contacts. So check this out. Disgaea 3 Enhanced Vita Port. It puts every other game of the year Enhanced Edition to shame. None will have more content than this. And I have to wonder, just because you have lots of content doesn't mean it's going to be an awesome game. But okay. It's, but a lot of that content is I can enter every single item and go 50 floors down to make this item more powerful. Yeah, I don't, I don't count that as more content. <laughs> Fire Emblem 3DS will apparently be awesome. Paper Mario 3DS. Which I, I guess it's good to hear that that's actually going to for sure be an RPG. Uh, Bravely Default, Flying... What, what's the other part of it? Flying Fairy? Flying Fairy. Yeah. So he says Bravely Default's going to be best RPG of 2012. I don't even think that's coming out here in 2012. But Super Robot um, Wars Z2... Fire Emblem 3DS and Paper Mario 3DS are not confirmed for 2012 yet. Hmm. Super Robot Wars Z2 Part 2. And yeah. here, here, yeah, is that yeah, going to be an to- awesome game? Totally. Yeah, that's going to be an awesome game. Okay, <laughs> mostly because it says I- "Super Robot and Wars" in the title. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, I, 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 I can probably articulate why I think it will be awesome, but we can save that for later. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, fi- Final Fantasy Type Zero will be localized this year. He claims. I don't know where he's getting um, his info from, but he's sure wasn't, of it. Wasn't. That leaked on Twitter or something. There's something no. about it on the no. forums. <clears throat> okay, no. What happened was is during uh, the release they did that extra. Here's our interview behind the scenes stuff, and it mentioned that they are working on an international version. But people say that was probably re- you know recorded months before the game was finished, and nobody said anything since. Hmm. So no one's heard anything about Type Zero since then. Okay. 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 Oh, weird. Kingdom Hearts Triple D Dream Drop Distance. Get it, 3D, because it's on the 3DS. You get it. Yeah. You yeah. It? Yeah. Okay. I take. He didn't mention a single game made, not made in Japan. <laughs> but he's got inside info on the gaming industry. So. I say Mass Effect Three is going to be on on this list of I, top twenty twenty twelve RPGs. Oh, for our site for sure. I mean, we we at this point we're getting a critical mass of Western RPG players, so oh, we're seeing a lot more Western influence in yeah, our world. Speaking of we Western influence, Anna, I just noticed you spend too much time focusing on a few RPGs without really digging into all the releases. Um, well, yes, because it was a game of the year show and we had a lot of games to talk about also when you were talking about xenoblade and how it's western rpg like that is incorrect it's honestly a lot more like dot hack than anything else there's also this weird notion that the west invented exploration they didn't i would love to get a response i will say okay uh, dot hack was not exactly the most open-ended game possible no i mean the, the range of exploration i'm gonna put um, in up out of the dot hacks that i've played they are like painfully linear but do a good job of at least trying to disguise it. And I don't know, is Xenoblade like that, or is it actually more open? I felt more like it was like Final Fantasy twelve, and I thought I brought that up. Um, I didn't think it was Western-like at all, but I don't know. That was uh, that was something that the other podcast people mentioned. So I can't I can't defend that one, unfortunately. 
So the response is, uh, I think I agree with you. It's not really Western, but um, I don't haven't finished it. So after only two to three hours of play, I'm not qualified to answer this for you. Is it is it is it Western in a sense like uh because I I think a lot of those people may may have had The Witcher two on their mind, which was linear, but they but it was it was like big pockets of linearity. Like it would go into the next big section, you'd have a lot to do within this big area before you moved on and did the next thing in the next big area. Yeah, I, I, that could be it. I haven't gotten far enough to know, but that that's okay. a good idea. Very well. Could yeah, because be The Witcher Two is like it's a. They have a story to tell, and they're going to guide you right through it. But when you're in that town, or when you're in that battlefield, or when you're in this camp, there's a lot of stuff to do within that circle or that radius, and it feels open because of that, even though it's not really <laughs> an open game. Well, we've got a lot of stuff to do right here in the feedback section because uh, Oslot's written in with a uh, written, written written in with uh, another set of questions for us. It says, "Dear Cast GPR, feats per." Wow. Feats podcasting heroic with your princess, the saved and kingdomed thee to honor great brought have you once again. Shoot, dyslexia got the best of me on that last sentence. Let's try that again. <clears throat> Are you ready to face the faceless fears? Name the nameless evils. Defeat the undefeated. Then podcast this. Number one, RPG sequel that should never have been made. Take a moment to let your frustration out. Revenant White Wings. Knight Chronicles 2! <laughs> no, Revenant Wings. What? Why am I the only person in existence that likes that game? Because you're wrong. Because I didn't play 12. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, because you didn't play 12. That's probably it. Um, this is probably going to earn me the fiery wrath of many, 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 many people, but um, Breath of Fire 5 Dragon Quarter. No, I love that game. I am so That is one of my favorite yeah, gaming that. memories. I am so glad that game exists. Why would you pick that when you can pick Chrono Cross instead? Uh, because I like Chrono Cross. Yeah, but I like Dragon Quarter. It shouldn't be a sequel. It should have been its own game. There was no uh, reason they needed to use the Chrono story for that game. It's funny that he brought up Dragon Quarter because just this week, two days ago, I was like, you know what? I really like that game. I'm going because people were talking about how great the soundtrack was on that. So I went to go. I listened to some of the soundtracks on YouTube. I watched the ending again. I enjoyed that game. Hmm. See, that's why we're here. Quinn is the anti me, and I'm the anti Quinn. <laughs> What was your it's answer, actually, Manny? It's actually quite worrying how quite surprisingly accurate that is, actually. <laughs> okay, so uh, let me think. What? Anna, when did you learn Japanese? <laughs> <laughs> what is uh? What is your what is your pick, Manny? Okay, I was about to. Say, I was thinking a few games that burned me. Uh, Sword of Mana on the Game Boy Advance was a Ooh. bad experience. Really? It was a bad experience. That's a remake of Final Fantasy Adventure 1, right? I think I remember. This was back when I used to read RP Gamer. Yeah. I think I was in high school, and everyone on the board was like, Sword of Mana is so good. Sword of Mana is so good. I'm like, all right, I'm totally going to go buy this. And that's when I learned a valuable lesson. You never listen to what internet people say. Is that <laughs> actually, That's a remake, though. That's not really a sequel. So I don't know. I think you're disqualified on category there. Okay. Oh, original series? Okay, or maybe you're right. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a remake. That's a remake of a of an old uh, game. So. Uh, Dragon Dragoon. Okay. Wait, is that... That's, a that's the one where he has incest with his sister. Wait, what's the, the first one? combat's terrible. There isn't. Drakengard. <laughs> yeah, but you're talking about the first one and not the sequel. This is sequels that should never have been made. Oh, well, there never should have been a first one either. <laughs> 
All right, I'll take it. Number two, RPG sequel that should have definitely been here by now, but is still not out yet. Again, Dark take, Cloud 3! Again, take deep breaths and let us know your pain. Skies of Arcadia uh, too. This is this is this is always going to be Mother Three for me. So whatever. Skies. Uh, of I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just name one that should have come out last year, um, which is the uh, Super Robot Wars Original Generations Two for the PS3. It should have been here on my birthday last year, and it wasn't. Ooh, we just Doug. Ah, ah. Oh man. Do just... we mean a sequel that already exists but hasn't been localized, or just a game that we're a sequel we want to happen? He says here. He says here, which makes it sound like localization is involved. Then Front Mission 5. Why is that not here? It's the best Front Mission game. Where's Valkyrie Chronicles 3? There I'm you go. i that, too. That's what I want. Mm. I want Front Mission 5. Thank you, Just Doug, in the chat room for reminding me of that. Um, <laughs> the next... Mo- oh, it has to be an RPG. Damn, because I want that Miles Edgeworth game. <sighs> Objection. <laughs> Have you, you seen did. that movie, Anna? That movie looks so bad. I'll watch it. <laughs> the live action one? Oh will... my god, it looks so awesome! I can't wait to watch it! Yeah, but it. like, awesome bad or like, genuinely awesome? No, yeah, genuinely so awesome. Oh my goodness, okay. That looks like Troll 2 to me. Um, yes. the other yes. half... <laughs> the other half of Shining Force 3. In fact, a, a, a real localized version of Shining Force 3, not the POS that they previously put out. They had one? Yeah, the first half got localized the on the Sega CD. Third. It's so bad. What are you talking about? Yeah. Shining Force 3 was on Saturn. You're sorry, yeah, Saturn. And it was one of three, not one of two. Yeah. Okay. It was just, it was a small chunk of the game, and All the right. voice acting was terrible, and the translation was terrible. Oh, and I, don't mind. I just want the whole thing, and I want it properly localized. All right. Mm. Uh, let us know your pain there's been a lot of buzz around crowdfunding lately and it seems that anyone with half a decent reputation in the gaming world a vaguely sounding promise of interesting gameplay and a tantalizing title or not can get well over a million dollars to make a game i'm sure the rpg cast would have no trouble raising that kind of cash you're all famous so that part is covered just come up with a concept for a cool game and give it a catchy title on the spot let's see if you can raise a cool million (laughs) you know interestingly enough um there was an ign podcast called the Game Spy Debriefings, and a few of those guys got fired. So what they did is they went to Kickstarter. They said, we want to make a podcast free of IGN, but we need the equipment to do it and the bandwidth, the host and all that stuff. They went on Kickstarter, and they raised over $40,000. Cool. So a podcast can be successful on Kickstarter. I don't know to make a game. We probably would never make the money to make a game. But if you want a more professional podcast, or you want to fire Chris and just give me a podcast, I'll be on Kickstarter. <laughs> I don't, yeah, those guys. I oh, I didn't like what I've ever listened of that particular show. So oh, that show is just that that, yeah. It's a very particular sense of humor. It's, is that it's what it like, is? Okay. I get, it's the same reason why I don't think you would like Bulletstorm because if you don't like that kind of humor, you'll oh. it, it's very much that kind of a oh. raunch for the sake of raunch. But we're kind of making fun of raunch, but it's still raunchy. Now you turn me off on Bulletstorm. That's all you had to do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Compared to that podcast, I'm out. <laughs> it's kind of they, they use the same. It's the same jokes. Oh man. <sighs> all right. We're gonna make a we're gonna make a pigeon based RPG. I think that's that's what we'll do, and we'll raise a million bucks. For oh, it. like like a pigeon language, like Chinese, like in the future of Firefly. I, uh, yeah, I I don't know what I'm agreeing to, but sure. 
Let's put it all in. I don't know what that would be. Superman or Batman is question four. Extra points if you pick neater and instead name an incredibly obscure comic book character and claim they kick the most butt. Batman all the way, because Batman actually has good video games. Superman doesn't. I mean, I'm tempted to bust out the Blue Beetle here, but I have to go with Batman. So Batman's awesome. Yeah. I, I think Batman's the only superhero I like, because he's just a dude. Yeah. Michael? Huh? Superman or Batman? <coughs> or obscure third choice? Um, I was playing Mass Effect. What? <laughs> Michael's choice is Fem Shep. Um, <laughs> Fem Shep for the win. <laughs> well, she did appear in some comics, didn't she? Uh, no. No, I don't think that Shepard's in the comics. They make something, oh. right? I have all the comics. I can check. Oh. Instead of Superman, I'm going to pick Super Dupont. So, ooh, that sounds obscure in French. Yeah, it was uh, a comic in the 70s that made fun of Superman in France. All right, so I'm checking this out, and it looks like we have um, the first set of comics has a bunch of Shepard's companions. The next one's all about the elusive man. Then the, the other series is about Arya from Omega. So, or Arya, I forget her name, but the the uh, the psychic lady who runs the space station. So I don't see any with uh, Shepard in them. You know my biggest problem with Superman? He's basically a god. Uh. Mm. He's he, he, nothing. He's invulnerable to everything. He can he can fly. He can breathe in space. He just like you name something he can do, he can do it. Like, what's the challenge? Well, there's some people write Superman well. I mean, there there is there are good Superman stories. So I, I, I will just say it's I haven't a seen any concept. like in the last ten years. You didn't read uh, All Star Superman? Did you not like that? All-Star Final Star Crisis? Superman. No, no. <laughs> I I don't know. I haven't read any of the recent Crisis stuff, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. And the Final Crisis. Final Crisis is the only is the only comic book I've read, and it's and it does have both of them in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they work well together. It's usually a good story when you have both Superman and Batman because it's someone keeping Superman down to size. You know. Well, and Final Crisis possibly less so. Okay. <laughs> if only because that's the story where, um, well, spoiler alert, but Bruce Wayne dies. Yeah. Well, what was that great comic guys. where it takes like a Superman one level of the 27 like, times? Su- Sorry, oh. go ahead. Superman level There's what? this comic book that sort of flips the Superman notion on its head. It's like this Superman level hero who slowly goes insane and becomes the world's greatest villain ever. And he just commits oh, mass um, genocide. Isn't that, um, isn't that Ultraman? No, unsuper. Uh, un, un, I'm going to Google this. You guys keep talking. Shadow4699 in the chat room says Captain Koala. I think we can end with that. All right, number five. This question is mostly for Michael, says me. Uh, Ocelot doesn't know that this is totally a Michael question. Pros and cons of Metacritic, Michael. Go. Oh, my God. (laughs) Can I I just give two cons outright before Michael gets into it? Number one, um, I'm sure this is pretty commonly known at this point, but a lot of video game companies give bonuses to employees based on Metacritic rating, giving it a horribly um, – it's an issue because it basically skews their motivation, I think. And number two, there is no good way to standardize scores on Metacritic. So um, you just, have just the problem – Actually, there's no good way to standardize scores in life, actually. It doesn't work in any context. <laughs> That's true, but – 
in Metacritic, it's particularly bad. And not just in the video games. Um, the way that movie sites review stuff is just as um, sixes and nines. So you get two movie review sites that give two different scores that actually mean the same thing, but don't translate to that on Metacritic. Now Michael can have his rant. Okay, the pros of Metacritic are the fact that you can actually find all the reviews about a game despite the fact how old it is because trying to find it on the sites themselves is nearly impossible. The bad about Metacritic, um, forget bonuses. There are entire IPs that are shut down because of Metacritic. There are, um, you know, they will see what other games will do that aren't even theirs and they'll see how bad it does on Metacritic and they will cancel projects. So I'm not caring about someone getting a bonus about doing a good job. That's nice. That's also part of your production value when, uh, when you get to the end, when you find the sales that you want, you get bonuses of that too. I mean, I don't understand how getting a good review versus selling a lot of games gives you a lot of money is a bad thing. However, Metacritic should never have gone into gaming when they can't even get a scale that works. They even have in their own fact saying that gaming is so skewed that the red, green, and yellow scales are completely off compared to the other three mediums they already cover. So what is the point of the scale at that point? You can't even standardize it to the point where you can standardize reading a book or watching a movie. Yep, but people use it nonetheless. Yeah, the fact that it can't affect the industry is the worst thing about Metacritic. It's not like game rankings where people are like, oh, it's a neat score. <clears throat> but when entire was projects really are decided, well, there was one, I mean, you wanted to get good reviews, but what what game rankings was mostly about was what was the best game of the system. They all ranked the games, they all had discussions about them. But I never heard anybody ever say, "Well, on game rankings, we only got a seventy-eight percent, so we don't think we're going to continue this series." Hmm. I, wonder why I have Metacritic heard plenty of discussion. That. Huh? I wonder why Metacritic was the chosen one. Both of them have number scores. Uh, I think because Metacritic decided to push in that direction with all things, but also because it's not mathematical with Metacritic. Their weighted system apparently gives them some sort of genuine value to marketing, and I don't understand marketing, so I'm not going to understand how that works. I understand that uh, Beat Sneak Bandit on iPhone has a 95 on Metacritic, so I need to download that right now. That must be the best game ever. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you know. All right. And it, I guess the biggest problem is is you start looking at games by number, and uh, you're going to miss out on some good games. There are games that you like that other people are not going to like. So it, it just creates a standard now that everything on Metacritic has to be... I, I guess one of the big things is, except for Dragon Age 2, I can't think of any really big AAA title that didn't do well on Metacritic. It's like, it's already expected to happen. So they're just kind of confirming that it did. And even Dragon Age 2 got a very high score considering the fact that most of the user score completely hated it. You know, I can tell you why Metacritic's broken. Because right now, if I go to Metacritic and go top games and say buy Metascore, it tells me number one is Beat Sneak Bandit. Number two is Sonic CD. Number three is Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, followed by Reckless Racing 2. That's three iOS games in the top uh, five, by the way. Mm -hmm. So um, they're insane. 
is is the only answer. Uh, six out of the top ten are iOS games. <laughs> Which means that iOS games are not being reviewed harshly enough. Apparently. <laughs> no, the problem is is that there are uh, there's so many iOS games and iOS review sites are so new that if they get a crappy game, they don't bother to review it. In other words, they're not being... Yeah, that's exactly what Michael said. Oh, okay. <laughs> not being reviewed harshly enough because... And you just said why they're not being reviewed harshly enough. Yeah. But too many games, too little time. Yeah. yeah people, don't put up, people don't spend time doing bad reviews on iOS. They only yeah. review what they like. It's <sighs> it's actually almost become an issue because it's getting to the point where um some iOS sites and I'm not gonna name names, um if they think your game sucks, they will charge you to review it. Wow. That's uh that's pretty nasty. So basically I need to create a site where I review nothing but bad iOS games to balance out the industry. Touch arcade? Do they do that? What? Review better iOS games? Yeah. Yeah, all the time. Okay. So they're the only site doing it and apparently they like all the current top games. Alright, so yeah, it's like all these games are up here, and they're iOS games, and they all got high scores from all the sites that review them. Lots of hundreds. Oh, stuff. you mean review the scores poorly? I mean, review them poorly. I mean, review them with a low score. Oh, no, then that's not such a trick. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they just do poor reviews is what you mean? <laughs> no, no, no. They, they, review lots of, they, they review plenty of games that are bad. But, I mean, they give out scores that are low, or they only give out high scores? I'm going to stop talking okay. smack another website. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That's our feedback, guys. Thank you, Ocelot, for writing in with our questions for this week. Uh, let's jump into the news. Do, 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 do. And biggest piece of news. Well, it's not, but let's say it is. Darksiders 2 has a release date. Yay, June 26th. So if you've been waiting for getting on your more... More action where uh, doing Zelda better than Zelda does Zelda. Darksiders 2 will be there for you, June 26th. And they've got pre-order bonuses, such as GameStop giving you the Death Rides pack, which gives you multiple exclusive side quests across the Maker's Realm and Dead Plains, which is two hours of gameplay content, they say. Best Buy gives you the Angel of Death pack, which gives you enhanced armor and an angel-inspired design. You also get a pair of matching scythes and an outfit for your companion crow, Dust. Oh, you have a companion crow in this game? Oh, is that like your Navi? Yeah, in the last game it was Mark Hamill who's your Navi, but awesome. uh, for obvious reasons, Mark Hamill won't be coming back. Oh yeah, R. That's what I'm looking for. Obvious reasons? Like retiring? Finish the game. Oh, okay. Amazon will offer the Zedly Despair Pack, which adds a speed boost for Oops. despair, Death's Horse. This is a permanent increase, meaning you'll be able to play through the game quicker than others. Uh, yeah. So there you go. So you get faster horse... Armor and an outfit for your crow or additional content. Make your choice. What's the actual crow outfit? I don't know. It doesn't. I didn't see a picture. Oh, okay. I'd love to see the picture. But Man, do you just follow Garnet Lee around? What? Never mind. I, I, miss, I bring him his coffee, remember? 
Right. Okay, that's right. <laughs> I was wondering about that. It's like Shaq from One Up to Shaq News. Well, I, I, well, I'm not going to do One Up anymore because uh, the entire last week they had no RPG stories. So <laughs> they also have ten stories for an entire week. That's their news run, and uh, so that's useless. I'm. Uh, I need to spend time with Silicon Era and uh, what's the other one? Silicon Air is great. So, yeah, but there's another one as well that's good for Japanese-related game news. Oh, Andrea Sang? Andrea Sang, thank you. Yeah, it's probably like the everyone like sources like, Andrea Sang. They just have so much stuff, it's hard to go through. Um, I can't do Andrea Sang. Really? Why yeah, because Anoop went there. Who? Anoop, the guy I hated most about IGN, went there, so I won't go there. He went to Andrea Sang, huh. Okay. Well, that's a problem. We'll just it stick is. to Silicon Air then. Yeah. And joystick. We like Silicon Air anyway. Do we still like joystick or not? Um, well, they have Cat Bailey now, so not so much. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> we had an argument on Twitter. It was funny. Uh, you and Cat Bailey? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I want to hear about the Cat Bailey argument. Tell me about the Cat Bailey argument. Nah, it was stupid. So she writes this, uh, their, their new RPG article. Mm-hmm. And someone else said, wow, this is really good. So I took out of the reply and I said, oh, I hope that's sarcasm. And then she replies, oh, not a fan. And I'm like, I'm trying to be really nice. I'm just like, well, no, I don't believe that our mesh, our views about RPGs mesh at this time. And then she starts going off on me. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, I'm like, well, if you want to talk about it, I don't think Twitter's the place. Um, but, you know, I've been covering RPGs for 14 years. So we can have a fun discussion if you want. And then she says... Something like, oh, well, if you're as experienced as you think, you shouldn't be taking cheap shots over Twitter. If what? I'm like, what the hell was that? That was a cheap shot. And so I called her on it, and then she went, went quiet somewhere. <laughs> My goodness, this, when did this though? happen? I didn't see any oh, of like Oh, three days ago. Would be safer to say our views don't mesh at this time. Yes. Oh, because <laughs> Zampire. Oh, not sure how deep you want this. You would want this discussion to go. Or if Twitter is the place. I've covered for R- RPGs for 50 for 14 years um let's see i really i hadn't realized there was only one way to look at rpgs <laughs> if you're which, experienced which why, as you say then like, you ought to know it's amateurish to take oblique cheap shots over twitter now what exactly was that response except a cheap shot i explicitly removed you from my original reply to avoid such ah and then no response it's like whoops you're an idiot whatever that's fun that's why Twitter gets you in trouble, I guess. <laughs> she didn't see that, Mike, because she blocked you after that, I bet. I wouldn't amateurish care. amateurish to take oblique cheap shots over Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I like the implication that it's okay to take oblique cheap shots over some other media. Over something else, like email or comments on your article, but over Twitter. Nah, that's not cool. I think I've always uh, always recognized that what we say about other people here on the show probably isn't fair, and we shouldn't be doing it, but... It's Man, our show. It's fun. <laughs> you know, I love the drama. If, if, you think, if you think it's that bad, you come in our show and talk. Yeah. Oh, go. give me a break. <laughs> Uh, I think I'll just sleep in that day, thanks. <laughs> oh, snap. Well, you sleep in every day. What's the difference? See, Chris, this is why you're never going to be serving coffee to Garnet Lee. They're going to listen to this podcast and hear all the hate. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, 
This is my fun morning. I also Zab, can't Oh, Zav yeah. also went over to. Oh, that's right. Zav Damatos also went over to Joystick. And uh, Andrew Yoon. Wow. What's up with that? No, wait. Actually, did, he went to Shaq. Did people from leave Joystick. Joystick and they had to fill in or something? It's bizarre. Like, Everyone has gone everywhere. It's just like. Musical it, this, you know, this industry just, is really small and incestuous, and it's so hard to it, get and in. And this is why you don't take cheap shots, because you'll be working with that person you're Absolutely. <laughs> you never could Except criticize anybody. Except I won't anybody. be, so I don't care. <laughs> Say what? Except I won't be, so I won't care. Uh, they don't pay enough, so. Exactly. <laughs> you, you like, it's funny, like the than... editor-in-chief of Joystick, Kotaku, it's like three guys from IGN, one guy from, jo- from from Joystick, and they all went to like that Verge, the new Verge website. Oh, well, that's... Fox Games. Okay. Um, I don't know if the site's going to be good, but I wouldn't mind working with Topolsky at the Verge. That seems Which like is a interesting. Good opportunity. Like a, it's true, though. Right? And, all, you know, it's, all these people are supposed to be like uh, rivals, like bitter rivals. And they're, you know, they're all best friends now. But So it's, it's true. You never talk crap about anyone just because you're going to end up working with them at some point. Wow. What's the average salary of a games editor anyway? Can about you 30K? explain to me on this one why you have – if it's part of The Verge, why it would have a separate brand name of Vox Gaming or whatever? I mean if you go to TheVerge.com slash gaming, it doesn't show up this new thing. Oh, they're still building it. Oh, okay. they're not it even close to done yet. yet. Oh, that's so stupid. Yeah, just call yourself from the Verge. Why can't that's you right. have that one you brand? Bitch. But whatever. They don't want to. Yeah, then Shom was asking, "What's the average salary for a games editor?" And it's like thirty k is about. Fruit, well, uh, well, okay. Before we say this, guys, do any of us actually know? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I, I'm just making sure because I honestly don't know what they get made. So I want to make sure. The answer like, is like it's someone crap. like a Jeff Keighley makes like sixty k a year. Okay, seriously. He's got to make more than that. He's on t- actual TV. Yeah, that's what it... But come, they have a lot of TV personalities, though. Hmm. All right. I, I, can't, I can't deny that. I, I have no idea, so... It's because it's, it's, it's sort of like an, becoming an actor. At the lower levels, act, you know, everyone wants to do it. Yeah. You have more people who want to do it than there are positions available. I got to figure someone like... In Garnet's position makes at least a decent amount. But oh, but he's a managerial position, exactly. though. Exactly. It took him 15-plus years to get to a position like that. So, uh, If you're talking just like pure editorial, you know. Yeah. yeah not Which so is okay, though. I mean, if you're – a lot of these people who do games, they're, they're single. Yep. They're young. They're not trying – you know, they're not trying to raise a family. They like ramen noodles. No, but you know what I'm trying to say, though? Like when you're at a certain age, that kind of money is just fine. 30, 40, 50K. But the problem is, like, if you try to raise a family on that, send the kid to college. I, but, you know, I'll be honest. If you could actually get into journalism, games journalism for 50K, I think you'd be doing pretty awesome. Because, I mean, that's. Honestly, that's on the high end. That has to be on the high end. Most people can't oh, be making oh, that. Freelance much. make almost nothing. Uh, you, you, we, I think teachers would be competing to make more than you with, with most freelance games journalism. You know, so, I don't know. Yep, you do this for the passion. You don't do it for the money. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just got an unlock of the Mass Effect demo. Oh, oh! Ow. All right, tell us about it. What did you get unlocked? One of the Avenger weapons I got unlocked. I assume I'm going to get it when I actually start the game. How did you get it's it unlocked? Oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's, I, that's an unlock for the mission you're on right now. Oh, you're talking you're, you're talk about the weapons in the lower right? Yeah, they just, yeah. Gave you, they just gave you a crap ton of weapons, and they're just showing it to you. Are you sure that yeah. that's not what you get when you start yeah, now? Yeah, you're yeah. using them immediately. Yeah, you can go scr- cycle into those weapons right now. 
I thought the same thing, and then I looked at my menu and was like, oh, no, I actually have those equipped on me right now. Yeah. Right. You hit your shift key, but you I'm, can choose those weapons right now. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just wondering if that also means that you'll get it when you start and you don't have to find it later. I mean, those are the basic weapons of the game, though. So The Avenger Assault Rifle is? Mm. It's just a Seems normal a assault rifle, nothing special about it. You All should right. have gotten a bunch of more of those, too. I only saw one. I was busy shooting things at the time. Are you at the first demo or the second demo? There's two demos in the single-player side. I don't know. I'm shooting things. Okay, have you seen I guess I'm in the first one. All right. All right. I've seen a lot of cutscenes. You you would know when it changed. (laughs) It's very obvious when it changed. Okay, yeah, you'll get a much more of those in the second one. All right, never mind. It's false alarm, people. But speaking of Mass Effect 3, we have a lot to talk about because the demo came out, and I'm sure we'll talk about the quality of the demo later. But in addition to that, there's a bunch of news. So, first of all, know that if you played the Mass Effect 3 demo when it came out on Tuesday, that was single player only oh, at hey, that this time. This thing actually works. Now, uh, it is multiplayer. You can go on and play multiplayer with people. It's been unlocked for everybody. At first, it was only people who own Battlefield 3 for some reason. Um, so now you can go on and try out Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. I have not had a chance to play it yet. Uh, Manny did, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later. Uh, <laughs> Connect. Voice commands for Mass Effect 3 has also been released. So you can see a full list of all the crap you can do in there. And there's a story on there linked in our delicious, delicious.com slash rpgamer. You can read them all. Find that in the in the link dump. Uh, what is What are some of the important things to know? They basically have all the squad member names. They have all the, the normal action commands like activate, bypass, deactivate, examine, open, pick up, reactivate, salvage, support, talk, and warn. So apparently you can warn your squad mates about something. I don't know what's up with that. Then they have a list of all the weapons, a list of all the ability commands, like, you know, your your biotic abilities and all that stuff. And so I guess you just put all those together and you tell the Kinect what you want to do and who you want to do it. And there is your voice control. And, of course, um, if you're playing on PC like me, you can cry because not only will Kinect not work for you, neither will a normal controller because they are not putting in controller support, because apparently they have ignored how you know the rest of the industry has added controller support for everything that they put out on PC, and they are not going to do it in Mass Effect 3. Um, I guess because they justify it and say, we didn't do it in 1 or 2, so why wouldn't we do it in 3? Which I guess <laughs> is like fine. like we already built a system to do that. Uh, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess that's fine with me, I'll be honest, because Mass Effect 1 on console and one on pc they control different because when you have keyboard controls you do things a little different in mass effect and i yeah but you should give people the option at least right yeah i you know i'll be okay because i the reason i got it on pc was to use mouse and keyboard so i'm cool with that but i it's it does bug me that they're not giving people the option that's dumb don't you think yeah PC gaming is all about options that's the whole point i mean especially now that people are using pcs as uber consoles You'd think you'd do that with that in mind. Maybe they'll patch it. Uh, maybe it'll be a $10 piece of DLC. Who knows? When you game on a personal <laughs> computer, Mac or PC, or even Linux, options are what matters. Sure is. And if you want to have, you want to figure out what option for specking your character is the best one, on their forums, they've released a huge guide that uh, will tell you all about, uh, let's see. Trying to find it here. Bah, 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 bah. Oh, you have to go down to find it. How stupid is that? Uh, they they put on this big 
uh, outlining all the stat formulas in the Mass Effect 3. Oh, great. I can start theory crafting before the game even yes. come out yet. You can now start... Yes. It, it's, this it's isn't all stuck Diablo 3. Oh my gosh. This guy basically just goes crazy for a bunch of posts in a row that explains how uh, the normal power upgrades formulas work and the dynamic bonuses and the recharge speed upgrades. Because apparently it's not obvious from inside the game. And so you have to have a math degree to actually follow all this crap and understand what's going on with all these bonuses and what gets you what and what's going to be maxed you know, out. This seems silly for Mass Effect. I will say because on a, in a Diablo in game... Yeah, maybe the Diablo game you're playing hardcore on Nightmare. Yeah. You want to know how much you know. You want to know that this piece of gear is gonna get with this combination is gonna keep you alive during that fight with the boss, so you can get that one sword. That you know what I'm trying to say. It makes a little bit more sense with that kind of time investment. But yep. it's like Mass Effect. I mean, this is the cider game that you shouldn't have to put that much effort into maxing out. You should be able to sell from the menus that oh, this is what I want to have more power in. That's where I'm putting my points. It should be obvious, shouldn't it? So. And I'm hoping it will still work like that because I'm not going to spend the time to do the math to figure this out. Uh, but if you want to, um, again, look for the story in our link dump on Delicious, and I link to that in the podcast post on the on the rp rpgamer.com slash rpgcast. You can see the link to that and go check it out. Actually, no, it's in the forum thread, isn't it? So you click the discuss link on the podcast page, and then you can uh, see the delicious link, and you can find the story, and you can do all the min-maxing you want, and we will not interfere. Um, we just ask that you maybe post uh, just the results <laughs> so people can just know what to do without having to do the math themselves. You know? Maybe? Throw us a bone? Namco Bandai's thrown us bone with Nino Kuni, the Another World, or I guess Wrath of the White Witch is the one we're getting. The Another World, of course, being the DS one. Sorry for the confusion. Finally, have dates for it. It'll be coming out in winter 2012 in North America, which is, of course, really confusing since winter 2012 would normally be considered the beginning of the year, since uh, winter ends in March and begins at. You know, just a week in December. I'm not sure what exactly they're saying. Is Nino Kuni Chris another is going world? to arm himself with a calendar. I'm going to slap them with a calendar if they actually imply that November is part of winter 2012. Since, you know, it's not. But, you know, whatever. Uh, it will also be out in quarter one 2013 in Europe for people like Quinn. Won't you be happy, John? You get to play Nino Kuni next year? Uh, I don't know. I'm still kind of under. I'm still undecided on the Nokuni personal. Really? Strange as it might sound. Oh, okay. Well, I hope it'll be awesome. I've been looking forward to this one ever since I played a demo of the DS one at TGS in 2009. So I'm really excited to get my hands on any localized version. You know, it's funny. The way this uh, title is worded, I kept on thinking, like, wow, they're releasing Nino Kuni on Windows? That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's released on I Windows. I got so happy for a second. Like, uh, I hope more Japanese publishers do this. It's the release window, sadly. Okay. Yes. I was so disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> poor, poor Nino Kuni. You know, I would love to see all these old Japanese PS2 games, PS1 games released on PC. So to just be able to go back and play them anytime you want to and just have it on your hard drive? Well, if you want to have games on your hard drive, Shimigami Tensei Digital Devil Saga 1 and 2 will be downloadable to your PS3's hard drive very soon if you live in Europe. Europe. So You know, it's interesting. I was just talking about this with uh, Severin. He was about to buy 
physical copies of most digital, digital Devil Saga games because they were uh, <laughs> they were like cheap oh. on uh, like well, $25, 30 dollars. Hmm. I guess he doesn't have to anymore. Interestingly, a couple of people on the forums from Europe both said that apparently the game was over released in Europe, and you can get pre-owned copies for mega cheap. Uh, are these games downloadable here? No, not yet. Okay. But the, I, I do remember seeing a post from Adrian saying that a, these games, a bunch as well of as copies, sh- showed up on Amazon. Yeah, as, uh, they're all over because the Amazon Marketplace also has them cheap as well. And also saw um, what was it, Nocturne in that list. Yeah, it's it's almost. It's it's interesting that they appear to have had a reprint run of the physical copies in the same week that they put it on the PlayStation Store in Europe. It's just weird, but yeah. So, did we also mention the fact that Radiant Historia is having another print run? No, we did not. We should mention that you can go buy that now. If you've been waiting on it, or when you can pre- it? well, you can pre-order it. It's going to oh. come out in like two weeks. Well, how do you- okay, that was a weird noise. How do you pre-order it on uh, Amazon? Just say you go to me? the page and pre-order it. What are you doing? Sorry, my You're still microphone. Doing it. <laughs> my microphone cord got wrapped in my microphone. I don't know what that means. What are you, means. exhibit? Hey, dog, I hear you like microphones. So I put some microphones in your microphones. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't want to know what that means. All right. Uh, so more European booty. Risen 2 has announced what their collector's edition is going to include. So here you go. John, here's what you're going to get when you buy Risen 2, because I know you're picking, picking this one up, right? Right? Mm, no. No. <laughs> well, here's what you're missing then. The making of DVD a soundtrack DVD, uh, CD, a double-sided poster, <laughs> a large-sized map of the game world on one side, and an epic artwork featuring the hero and his crew on board their impressive ship on the other, a pirate flag, an amulet, um, it's an actual amulet that you get in the game, physical, the art of Risen 2, Dark Waters, an exclusive collection of art cards on high-quality paper, not an art book, art cards, and three Risen 2 stickers. So who's How much more does this cost? This is from Deep Silver. It is an additional. I don't know much. I don't know. Alex, because if it's if it's more than like maybe ten to twenty dollars, it seems like a. It's a lot of individual items, so it has to be at least twenty dollars more. I would think. I would hope that's as far as it goes, because if this is like a hundred, that's a that's a bit much. And it would probably be euros and not dollars. But let's see. Where the heck do you even? I don't even know where you get it. Yeah, their site sucks. Um, limited collector's edition. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It is the collector's edition will be sixty nine ninety nine euros on PC and seventy nine ninety nine euros on console. Is that how much is that versus normal, John? I can't remember what the uh, pound to euro exchange rate is like, oh, like at right. the moment. We still use pounds. Hmm. Yeah, we do. We don't oh. use this euro thing. You think the euro is trash? Um, have you seen else? what happened? Have you seen what happened in Greece recently? No, I have not. I'm oh, an ignorant no. American. I don't. I don't pay attention to international news. News. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Not until their collapse causes our collapse. Yes. We'll care. <laughs> then I get really bitter in in retrospect. 
All right. Well, that, well, that, that's what it costs. Whatever that means. Pandora's Tower. Are you waiting for this one, John? Is this one you want? No. Nope. No. Oh, he just wants Super Robot Wars, apparently. So Pretty Pandora's much. Tower is coming up for the Wii. This is the third in that trio of RPG games that uh, RPG games. That's redundant. Of RPGs that uh, the Operation Rainfall was petitioning Nintendo to release here. Uh, this will be out in Europe on April thirteenth, twenty twelve. It is the one that lets you go up towers, and I assume is kind of roguelike in nature. I can't remember. Um, this is the one I don't care about. So, but uh, if you care about it and you're in Europe, um, April thirteenth, the day. None of us care about it, apparently. Oh, oh! I forgot this story earlier. Okay, so check this out. Check this out. So back to Mass Effect 3, because Michael's probably getting to the second demo about now, right? It's the same demo from PAX. Yep, it is. <laughs> but a little bit of cutscene before it that you didn't get yeah, to see. Yeah, I saw that. That's about it. I'm good now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just shooting stuff. <laughs> So, All right, where do I go? If you want to get everything as far as in-game content for Mass Effect 3, a guy in Destructoid did the work, and it will cost you $870. So let's break this down and see how much of it I'm getting, because I like spending lots of money on yes, video games. Yes, please break it down. Let's break it down. Oh, wait, no, not that sort of breakdown. Sorry. Break it down. Uh, N7 Collector's Edition, you need that because there's exclusive Collector's Edition stuff. That'll cost you 80 bucks right off the bat. And that doesn't matter if it's on console or PC because, oh, yeah, that's just the way the world is now. Pre-order bonuses. You get an AT... Uh, let's see. There's a pre-order bonus from Origin. There's two from Kingdoms of Amalur demo. Then there's two other ones that are each exclusive to different retailers. Um, and then a bunch more of pre-order bonuses for pre-ordering the N7 Edition, which... I don't understand that since you're getting the collector's edition, so it's not really a pre-order bonus. It's more of a collector's edition bonus, isn't it? But whatever. So there's all that. So those those are, you can't buy those. Those are all things you need. You may need to pre-order multiple copies at different re- order, retailers if you want to get all these things, like the M55 Argus, as well as the N7 Warfare gear, as well as the AT-12 Raider, because that's really important, isn't it? Also, you need to buy whatever the price is going to be. You need to pay that much for the iOS game Mass Effect Infiltrator, which can affect the main game. We don't actually know if it unlocks DLC. We're just assuming it might unlock DLC. So you may be able to it save a dollar. You know? It you probably know? will. <laughs> you need to buy the day one DLC that's announced for the game called From Dust. That's 10 bucks. You need to pay $45 for the Liara figurine, which also comes with unconfirmed DLC. Um, oh, I haven't seen this figurine yet. I have a question. When did Mass Effect <clears throat> become Skylanders? Oh, we're not <laughs> done yet. $24.99 for the Art of Mass Effect Universe, a collector's assault rifle unlocked DLC slash power-up comes with that. That's an art book, right? That comes with DLC. Very important. $80 for four Mass Effect 3 toys. This is the Skylanders part. Each four, that's uh, Tali, Rex, um, the green lizard guy whose name I can never remember, and Shepard. Um, oh, wait, it's more than that. It's a bunch of It's more than four. It's, uh, what is it? Eight figures. And they will all come with DLC code, each one. So you need that. And But I don't know why it says $80 for four. Maybe you only need four to get all the codes or something? Hmm. Okay. Well, no, I think they, when we covered them last week, when I think, I think it was last week we mentioned those figures, um, they come in a pack of four. Oh, okay. Okay, but there's eight of them. 
and you only need one pack to get all the DLC, I wonder? Oh, because it's all slightly randomized multiplayer unlocked DLC. Great. Slightly randomized. So just you could buy as many of those as you want. So get all eight. Let's say $160 for that then. $59.99 for the Mass Effect 3 controller. And you get a collector assault rifle unlock, uh, unlock and DLC power up for that as well. Um, which I guess is a different... A lot of these say collector assault rifle unlocks, which I guess mean they're all different collector assault rifles. Nah, probably not, but... And what is this controller for? Is that... What what system? It doesn't... They link it in this article, but they don't actually link it. They did a bad job of linking it. Or the site changed. Oh, here it is. It's a, it's a 360 controller. Yeah, it's a 360 controller. It's not a PC controller, because as we've established, that's not going to work for you. Maybe. Uh, there's a Camara 5.1 headset from Razer. So you need this special wireless headset. That that's two hundred nine dollars ninety nine cents gets you another rifle thirty five dollars for the Razer mouse pad that's another rifle and deals yeah another rifle eighty bucks for the messenger bag that's right Razer is selling a messenger bag that has the N seven logo that apparently you're going to shove this controller and all these toys and the headset and the Liara figurine in and take it over to your friend's house and prove how much of a nerd you are then you're going to pay twenty five dollars to get an iPhone case. Because, obviously, you have the iPhone, so you can play the Infiltrator game. So you, you need a case for it that says N7 on it so that you can, you know, show people that you spent $25 on a case. And you get another rifle with that. $80 for a mouse that comes with another rifle and a keyboard that comes with yet another rifle. And I will laugh if all these accessories actually come with the same rifle. Because that would just be awesome and sad. You know what? I don't understand why people give Activision Blizzard so much grief <laughs> after listening to this. <laughs> Actually, I was, I, you know, I was going to say in Square Enix release one character for Final Fantasy XIII 2 for £1.49 and they're suddenly the Antichrist. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And no know. one says anything bad because it's Bioware. <laughs> oh, I think but, we are saying something bad right now. We're doing it right now. No, but usually you hear the grief like, oh, Blizzard has an auction house. I'm, like, I'm telling you guys, I said this on the Game of the Year podcast, I am worried about the future of Bioware. I'm worried about it. You don't want a new Command & Conquer game, Chris? <sighs> Why are they making Command & Conquer? No, I don't. I don't want a new Command & Conquer game that's being made, quote-unquote, by Bioware, but not actually by anybody we actually... You know that means, though, right? BioWare. Before you kill the general, there's going to be a dialogue wheel, and you're going to have a renegade or paragon choice about whether to take him as a prisoner or to kill him right then and there. Now, okay, you joke, but I wouldn't mind that in an RTS. <laughs> so if that's what they're doing, combining RTS with RPG, maybe I can deal with that. I don't know. What's wrong with me? I shouldn't say such things. Uh, I love it. Like, they're going to listen to this podcast and say, you know, we never thought of that before, but that guy in that podcast brings up a good point. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's that's the news, guys. So, and girl. So, it is time to talk about what we've been playing, and I think the first thing to talk about, of course, is Mass Effect 3, right? Ladies first, go right ahead. <laughs> Anna, you didn't actually play this, right? I downloaded it. Yeah, but you didn't play it? No. Okay. Uh, I played it. Michael's playing it right now. <laughs> Manny played it. John, did you pick up Mass Effect 3 demo? No, not yet. Not yet? All right. So first thing to say is the demo is comprised of a scene that they showed us at PAX and then another scene that they let us play at PAX. And here you get to play both. And nothing's changed that I can see, and it feels. Is this the final? 
is the combat in this final? Like, is this like a representative of the final product? I assume so. Oh. I, this feels just like Mass Effect 2 to me. Oh, it feels worse for some reason. Yeah, I, It just reminds me of the issues with Mass Effect 2's combat. Mass Effect 2 didn't feel as stiff and awkward as this one does. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, it, it did just, to me, but... It felt bad. This, this is what I always remembered Mass Effect 2's combat being. This I is just Mass like Mass Effect 2. I liked 1's combat more, to be quite honest. You're the only one. What was that, Michael? <laughs> okay, no, no, no. I, I also agree with that, because Mass Effect's 1 combat actually felt like when you brought someone to the team, they mattered, instead of they just do random crap while you're not looking. You had a squadron-based attack pattern. Your weapons weren't just the end-all that you were going to do, and you didn't magically heal every time you hid somewhere. Yeah, but you did get more ammo back by just waiting, which I actually preferred. Well, yeah. I don't like right the ammo I keep, clips. I keep running out of ammo, so... <laughs> Because um, it was more about strategy than about bullets. Yeah. So, um, you weren't supposed to just go in guns blazing all the time and see what happens. So this is kind of a little more, eh, let's just shoot everything dead because, well, it's there. But, you know, that said, uh, Mass Effect 2's combat, I, I wouldn't say it was bad. And this oh, I didn't say it was just the bad. Same. One was just better. Yeah. And this is the same. But this isn't even that good of a shooter as far as mechanics. I mean, there's just a lot you just kind of point and shoot. You're not really trying to... Well, because they're still special. trying to have strategy and powers and stuff, and the well, the, the the cover system felt awkward to me. Anyone yeah. else? Oh yeah, it the just cover doesn't system work. always feels awkward. Yeah, I, it I, I it it is unreliable, and if you because they design the environments poorly for using cover, they give you these things that you could try to use cover, but their cover system isn't built to make it easy for you to use that thing as cover, and you really shouldn't be there, but you don't know that you're not supposed to be that far forward. So and you, you, you kind of get cover until someone finally tricks you on the shoulder and you don't yeah. actually heal, and you're like, You don't like, know where what? anybody I'm... is on the battlefield. It's I, I... Wait, but I remember all of the preview events and everything that, Bu- that Bioware was saying was that we've improved the combat We've made it more streamlined and better. We've, we've made the combat better at Mass Effect 3. So I don't know about you, but it just doesn't feel better. Yeah, I don't, I don't notice it at all. But I notice... I, I, it feels worse. I take that back. I, there's one improvement. I never liked the circle menu, and I never liked using the circle menu. I never liked issuing squad commands. I found that with the shift key interface now and everything at the bottom of the screen, um, I, I seem to be able to do that easier than I used to. You're playing the, you play the demo on PC? Yes, I did. Okay. So I don't know how it is on console. You're right, because I'm playing with the controller and you played with the... So there might not be a difference to you at all. Say what? Oh. Because you played with a keyboard and mouse and I played on a controller, there might not be a difference to you at all. Oh. Uh, about... Well, there was a difference to me. Like, I, I like the new shift key menu better than the old circle No, I just menu, meant, like, but... controlling the guy around. Moving him around. Oh, yeah. Shooting. Okay. And, yeah, that would feel the same to me, I bet. Um, the melee attacks are still as awkward as ever. Like, you have to hold down space key to be running, and then you hit F while you're getting near an enemy to kind of punch them in the face. But if you hold it down, you can uh, hollow stab them. Yeah, but it doesn't... But the thing is, it, it locks in the direction you were facing when you first did and that. And the guy is moved by then. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Happened to me a few times, and I got shot to death. Two hits. Say what? I mean, it takes six shots to kill someone or two punches to the face. Hmm. That's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, were you on story mode? No. This is role-playing mode. Okay. Yeah. Like, it took six shots to kill them, but I just hit them with the back of the pistol twice, and they'll be dead. It's because you're wearing power armor, so you're powerful. Mm. Right. 
So yeah, the uh, I I did try the demo again with uh store with story mode turned on, and I found out that instead of really changing the game in any way, I thought these three modes were really going to drastically change the game. They don't. Like so, there's three modes. There's I just want to play a shooter, which picks all the dialogue choices for you. I don't know why anybody would choose that. That takes a lot of the point of Mass Effect away. Two, normal Mass Effect 2 mode, which is what we're used to. Shoot and story choices, and there's challenge in the combat. Three, um, the third one being story mode, which just takes... It, everything's still in there, and you can make all the dialogue choices and stuff. It just takes the combat down to super, 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 super duper easy. And you can be sitting there getting pounded on by people again and again and again and again, and you just won't die for a very, very long time. So I was running up in the first mission and just punching everybody and not using bullets just because I could. And I thought that was kind of fun and just to kind of abuse the game sort of way. So if you ever get frustrated with combat, choose that mode and you don't have to worry about it anymore. (laughs) Uh, and like I said, I felt I could use a squad mate's abilities a little bit easier than I used to, and maybe I'm just totally imagining that. I've bought all the DLC for Mass Effect 2, so I'm going to get back into that so I can... Ref- all of familiar- it? Yeah. Well, no, Why? not all of it. No, I did not okay. buy the costumes. I bought Overlord, Kasumi, um, Shadow Broker, and there's one more. There was like four actual content packs. I bought those. Are you going to play them all, though? Yeah. Okay. I am. Because I've been putting it off, I was I was putting it off, waiting for a game of the year collection that would save me money, and what became obvious is the game of the year edition is the PS3 version, and since yep. I have no no interest in buying the PS3 version, I have to just buy all the individual content packs for the PC. So, so it's it. um if you get lazy or you run out of time, Shadow Broker directly affects your relationship with Yara at Mass Effect Three. So that's like the big one you want to do. Oh, Plus I, it's the I, best I know. Piece of I, DLC. I, I, I'm aware. I'm saving that for last. I'm going to have, yeah. That is... Well, wait, wait, wait. You should save the, 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 the Revenant one. What's it called? Revelation? Really? Oh. That one for last because uh, story-wise it is last. That's the last piece of DLC. I thought Shadow Broker was right. the last one. Oh. No, it's um, Arrival. It's the last one. Oh, there you go. Arrival. It's literally the last thing that happens in the Mass Effect 2 time frame. And it actually, if you play the beginning of the demo, oh it assumes gosh. you know what happened at, in that DLC. Mm-hmm. You know how uh, this is not a spoiler. Yeah, it's in the well, demo. yeah it didn't you know explain anything. Yeah, you're stripped of your rank yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. If you play a rival, you find out why. Oh, okay. So it yeah, it's strange that the demo directly assumes that you know exactly what happened. Because I'm yeah, like, wait, why am I not don't have any money? I mean, my powers. Why am I don't? Have, where's my ship? What's going on? I'm like, oh, I needed to pay $5. Right. I forgot. Well, I, I, I could fill in most of the ideas myself because it was the same crap they did at the beginning of the second game. So I don't know. I, I will find out for sure when I actually play that. Um, so I need, to, I need to figure out this order. I'm trying to log into Mass Effect 2, official DLC. Okay. So there is, let's see, Genesis... Wait, is that just the pack? That's just a weapon pack. Okay, there's Arrival, Shadow Broker, Overlord, and Kasumi Stolen Memory. So, basically, based on how I'm seeing things organized... Dumbass, that's not cover. 
Oh, sorry. Are we, are we doing random outbursts? <laughs> I can do random outbursts. I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, I, the guy it. runs, right? And he's trying to hide from me. So he runs and stands by a wall so I can just shoot him in the shoulder four times. I'm like, dude, that's not cover. Go! Go to. Yeah, mine's in English, though, and it actually makes sense. No, mine's to better. Mine's better. Oh, it's still playing. Stop. Stop playing. Stop playing. Okay. All right. So it basically, I'm assuming the order is Kasumi, followed by Overlord, followed by Shadow Broker, followed by Arrival. Yeah, that would work. Okay. So uh, that's what I'll do. Strangely enough, Overlord, except for like some cool moments at the end, just feels like a standard Mass Effect mission. That's what I figured most of them would feel like that, and only Shadow Broker would be good. So that that was my expectation. So if things are better than oh, that, I can't I'll really be happy. <laughs> That's I'll be happy. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. The uh, is there anything else to say about the demo other than uh, oh multiplayer, Manny? How's the multiplayer? Um, it, it's a horde mode. Oh really? Oh, but with multiple people and multiple classes, and you get to customize your armor and you buy loadouts based off the of points you get. It's interesting. I played against some Serbian troopers by myself. I couldn't get into a game with anybody for some strange reason. Nobody wanted to play. And I I shot some dudes and then I got killed and I stopped playing. But it's just a horde mode. So far from what I've seen, yeah. So you're leveling up just to last longer in the horde mode. I don't know. There might be some other mode that I haven't seen yet. Like maybe a team deathmatch. No, it seems like it's all co-op, isn't it? I don't know. It's kind of silly. I'd expect there to be, like, Turian, um, Krogan war maps and stuff like that, but apparently not. I don't tell you, dude. I are disappoint. (sighs) Look, Mr. Bubbles. Uh, Let's go. All right, well, uh, what else do we play? Oh, I got a Vita. Does anyone care about that? Sure, tell me about your Vita, dude. Because I was going to pick one up on Wednesday. Okay. (laughs) Well, uh, I got the early adopter pack for Vita, and um, so far the best feature is, of course, funky jazz music. So you mean, so the, the best feature is something they stole from Nintendo? Well, it sounds more like uh, Gran Turismo music to me, but um, let's see. So what to tell you about Vita? It's It's got a nice pretty screen. It's bigger than you think it is. It's not too heavy. It's got two analog sticks, so all the stuff you knew. And it really needs some more good games. has a lot of games out for it, but it needs some more good games. Here, I'll tell you what I picked up. I got Little Deviants with the game, I ha- with the system. I still haven't tried that because I know it's a bunch of mini games. Um, I picked up Super Stardust Delta, which is, of course, a follow-up to Super Stardust HD, which is one of the reasons I got my PS3 initially because I really wanted to play that. This plays like that game and has some new modes and new new features and stuff, including some touchscreen weapons and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Um, but it has some issues where the graphics are not as good as they should be. So if anyone's telling you this system's capable of PS3-style graphics on the small screen, they're lying because it's not. And, well, uh, not yet, at least. Well, whatever. I mean, some of the uh, some of the asteroids I was blasting, like after like the, the asteroids when they first arrived, look pretty okay but when you start blowing up into chunks it looked like chunky ds graphics or iphone graphics and you're like well what the hell's up with this i expect better from you guys um but uh, you know the game is fine so if you're a super stars fan go do that i have not bought the dlc because day one dlc that costs almost as much as the main game still has me going huh 
Do I really need to buy that? I want to hear more about that. Uh, Luminous, I popped that in and just started playing for forever and ever and ever. I played a lot longer than I'm normally able to last in Luminous, so I don't know if the game's a little easier or if it's just it's easier to play on the system or something, but that's Luminous. feels like Luminous, and if you want to groove out to Luminous, it's there. Pick it up. Uh, and then the, the last thing I've been trying to get into is Hot Shots Golf. And, oh, that's not the last thing. One of the other things I've been trying to get into is Hot Shots Golf. And that is my first Hot Shots golf game ever. And it seems like a cool little golf game. It's uh, fun to play. You know, it's got enough, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not an expert on golf simulation versus arcade versus whatever. But this is traditional, like, hit the button to figure out how strong your shot is and then the aim of your shot. And, you know, adjust for wind and do putting, play with other people online. And um, here you seem to get points as you play, though, to unlock outfits, clubs, clubs that can make you better um new players that have different stats and stuff and uh so so that rewards you for playing more and more so i'm interested in getting more into that and this is my first hot shots game so if all this stuff is in all of them i uh, forgive me but there is online tournaments and stuff too that you try and like they'll pick up they'll put up a, a course that you're supposed to play through and you post your high score over the course of the week and get on the leaderboards for that and stuff i don't know how long they stay up for also got Escape Plan. I don't know if anyone's interested in Escape Plan, but um, that is the one that was all black and white, and you've got the little guy and the big guy, and you're supposed to escape rooms together by using their, their kind of abilities together. The big guy can bust through stuff and break through doors and holes in the floor and stuff like that. Little guy can fill up with helium and float around the room. Um, so that game is structured like an iOS puzzle game, you know, the sort of thing like Where's My Water or Angry Birds where like you need to solve a level and then move on to the next level. And, and that's how this game is structured, so it really feels like I'm playing kind of a phone game in that respect. But but it's got better style, and it's got nice production to it, and some fun classical music going on in the background. Uh, fun. It's, it's a nice touch to have classical music going on in the background, is what I should say. But what the problem is with this game is sometimes you need to put a finger over... Uh, a part in the environment in order to shut off, uh, to plug a hole to make sure poison gas isn't coming into the room. You'll need to swipe a character to tell them what direction they need to go in. And you'll also need to squeeze on the back touch and on the front of that character to make him fart out air so he starts descending instead of floating in the sky. And then, of course, you have no um, fingers left to move the camera so they can kind of see where things are going. In other words, you've got too many fingers being used at the same time on some of those levels. And it can get very frustrating because you feel like you're fighting the controls instead of the puzzle. And additionally, to get back and try it again after you fail, because you will fail sometimes in those levels, you have to do a lot of the beginning part of that level again, for no, and, and it, it can feel very frustrating at times. So I, I guess I kind of got to the point where I got frustrated with it, and I haven't picked it up again yet. But it took a long time to get to that point, and I will try and push through it again and see if it's still good or not. But uh, that's where I am with, uh, with Escape Plan. Um, and then in my, my frustration at not having an RPG, I picked up um, Corpse Party, which is not an RPG, but it's a PSP game that's, for some reason, very highly rated on the... It's it's one of the top downloads right now on the Vita, or on the PSN store for some reason. Um, I guess because most people are like, well, I need something to download on my Vita, so, oh, this looks interesting. And there's, like, no RPGs there, um, other than, like, really Oops, old that was stuff. your crotch. What? What? I shot him in the crotch. <laughs> you and your random outbursts. Uh, so I picked up uh, Corpse Party, which is actually a horror adventure game, and that's got a cool vibe to it. And it's kind of creepy, and it made me stay up late last night because I was uh, 
I needed to stay up late and change what my mind was thinking about before I could get to sleep well. So there's a, there's a creepy little horror adventure game for you. It's good. It's 20 bucks, and it's by Xseed, so you should support them bringing out quirky Japanese stuff. It's got the Japanese voice acting. It does uh, its English subtitles, of course, and good music and creepy, creepy stuff. So, yeah. That's my Vita experience so far. Um, I would be playing things like Tales in the Sky on this if I could, except um, I have no way of playing uh, UMD games on here. So that's where I'm at with Vita. Any questions? Does anyone care? No, not really. I'm just okay. sad that they're not doing the UMD exchange like they are in Japan. Well, even the UMD exchange in Japan is not all that fantastic. Yeah. It's a nice piece of hardware, guys. And um, it'll be nice when we get some uh, good good RPGs and better top-tier games out on it. Uh, Manny, what have you been playing? Just uh, Mass Effect? Oh, he disappeared. Uh, Manny's gone. Yeah, John, what have you been playing? Uh, Again, uh, most of my gaming stuff this week mostly consists of World of Warcraft. Um, Although, I did... uh, Okay, I I did it in looking for raid difficulty, but I did finally take down Deathwing. Woo. Good for you. And that's, I think, the only time I've ever taken down a a, a current a boss at current tier, basically. <laughs> yes. When it was, you know, active. Exceedingly nerfed and put into looking for raid debuffs and all yeah, that. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, cool. Good times. Yeah. Good times were had by all. In fact, what, what surprised me most about it was the fact that... Um, the group I was with only wiped once, and that was against the first boss of the second half, Ultraxian. Um, once we actually got to the other three fights, we downed them all first try, cool. which surprised me. You know, I was, I was, I was, I, I, I've had a bit of sort of trepidation in going into the the looking for raid system because I feel like, oh God, I'll be stuck with twenty four of the people that you get stuck in random groups with from now and again. It seems to uh, uh, work out uh, well because people are committed to the long haul of finishing the raid, right? Well, it's like, yeah, because people want their loot. Yeah. And they know that they don't get their loot if they don't play well yeah. kind of thing. If they play like they did in half the tanks I've had in Heroics, for example, nobody would get anything. <laughs> but uh, no, no, I'm, I'm kind of glad I've done that. Um, uh, the only other uh, – there was another interesting release this week um, – uh, have you seen the um, adverts for a, a game called Dear Isha on Steam, Chris? I have not. Okay. Well, oh, wait. Um, I think I think you're saying it British. Hold on. <laughs> I think you're saying it British. Dear Esther. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I, I picked that up, but that's mostly because um, I'm kind of friends with the guy who developed it. <laughs> oh, cool. Is it good? Um, well, <laughs> Do you not you, want to say you, here? It's like, well, <laughs> you play I a. Uh, I am the friends of the developer. <laughs> you are. You play a. You play a. Hot, well, the original version of it was a was a uh, mod uh, done for the Steam uh, Source Engine. It's a Source yeah. Engine mod, and then the the remake that they've put on, um, the remake that they've put on Steam is like a kind of full release of it that's had its texture work done by one of the guys from Dice, Robert. I think it's Robert Brisker. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it's a, just a first-person thing where you play, play a, a slightly insane um, man who's traveled to an island in the Scottish Hebrides, um, 
and you basically just explore the island and listen to and listen to his eternal monologue. It's pro- it's probably closer to it, it's one of those extremely pretentious indie games. That sounds pretty pretentious. Oh my yes. However, apparently they've sold sixteen thousand copies, and that was enough to turn a profit. Hey, there you go. So. <laughs> um, but it, it's very it's it's a very beautiful game. Like the the visuals are fantastic. Um. But yeah, it it's weird. <laughs> it's right. like because I think that like the main character's wife it, died in like a car accident or something, and he's basically just gone to this Scottish island to basically just introspect. I think oh, it I- ends with him committing suicide or something. <laughs> oh gosh! All I'm seeing is like landscapes in the in the screenshots for the game. So yeah, that's pretty much all. It is pretty, yeah, just walking around an island. Oh, and, there are a few. Am I gonna pay ten bucks for that? much okay all right nothing seems well and, here and you get oh. you get some story That's oh it, it might it's, all be a delusion because there should be a motorway and stuff like that okay so whatever this guy's going crazy basically because his wife's gone sweet yep okay Sounds could be could be worth, could be worth could be yeah could be worth looking at if you're into pretentious indie titles <laughs> i got a checklist full of those <laughs> I like how it came out on Valentine's Day, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> nice touch. Oh, anything else that you were playing? Uh, no, that pretty much sums my week up. Uh, the only other piece of uh, news I found surprising was the um, uh, Ion, the extremely pretty MMORPG, is joining the free-to-play stable. <laughs> oh, are they? Yeah. Yeah, couldn't see that coming. Nope. No wonder, no, no wonder just, NCSoft is suing Terra because the damn games look say, alike. Um, well, no, what, yeah, what seemed interesting about um, Ion was they appear to be giving, they're giving it, effectively giving the operations of it to Gameforge. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, so, it's so like much for act- that Vision of Ion bullcrap. Yeah, they're, oh. actually, they're actually shedding the game from their, what, their catalog by the looks of things and giving it to another company. If, so if you go to the Ion website... You get a picture of a girl looking in the... What the heck? Picture of the girl looking in the sky, and at the bottom of the page it just says, Remember. What does that mean? Wow, they suck. These Omniblades suck. Um, sure. They waited a week to give you something late that you can't even want to use anymore. Uh, what are you talking Oof. about? I got the Omniblades and Amalur. Oh, okay. And they're garbage. They have 21 attack with, like, no real special effects, and I have better daggers that I pick up that are random crap that I want to turn into metal than I <laughs> than those things. Ugh. So in other words, it's a uh, useless, useless vanity weapon. It would have been neat back when I started. 21 was a good attack number, but now I have 35 and the crap like that, and 21 just isn't going to cut it anymore. I guess they're good for fire when I need to burn things, but yeah, that's about it. So there you go. You get I, you get items in Amalur, right? Where's my favorite? So blade? how'd you get yeah. them, I wonder? When did you unlock I them? I went to them. Uh, everybody's assuming at the end of the single-player demo, since it doesn't say anything. Okay. Um, it's just in the magical treasure chest where all the items are. So, yeah. Hmm. Go back to my Fey Blades. Maybe just when you downloaded it. 
I, yeah, I could have checked that. So, I just Mike, you figured... interested in coming back to Ion now that it's going to be free? Maybe. Really? I would actually play it more if I didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. I thought you had a... Oh, wait, it probably expired. So let's see. What have they added to Ion lately? Pets is the last big thing, right? Well, I haven't said they add anything. I just... We never got to the end. We were at like 37 oh. or something. I have no interest in and... the end of that game. Well, they changed the uh, they changed the level so it's easier, and they changed a lot of things. So I, I'd like to see what they make. I have to pay for because if they're going to make me pay for Endgame, then no, I'm not going to play it. Uh, I think um, I remember reading something that um, if you had an existing uh, subscription, whether or not it's still active or not, <clears throat> you will never go down to the lowest of the free to play tiers. I know that. Oh, so you nice. retain your you retain your eight character slots and most of the other crap. I, think I don't even soft. see this announcement on their site. They haven't even put it on their webpage. Uh, which website are you looking at? na.aeononline.com um, You think it's the only North European American Ion? It's European free-to-play only. It's not North American free-to-play. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Huh. Didn't know that. That's interesting. And Anna apparently is playing PSP games. <laughs> so much though that she doesn't listen to she us. Listen to us. <laughs> so, well, she's That's the, okay. she's the next. I want to know what she's Sorry, been playing. I just tell us what you're playing, Anna. It's I the just, time. No, I I accidentally unplugged my headset. So as soon as I said it's only Europe, I lost all my sound. Mm. Oh, we uh, we just noticed that you're you're playing other games. We want to know what they are. Final Fantasy for the After Years. Ah. So I think last week on the podcast I was on chapter four or five. Now I'm on the final chapter. And I'm 99% certain it's the final chapter because I loaded all of my other data into it. Hmm. However, I think there are things that I may have missed in my previous chapters because um, my airship feels empty. Uh, empty airship. Well, no, it's 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 missing two specific um, characters. Okay, the fat chocobo. No, mm-hmm. I can't find. There is no fat chocobo. Okay, I quit. I'm not gonna play this game anymore. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm I'm really liking the story, and I like how compartmentalized the story is. It feels very, I like it, and so I'm going through the final chapter and. I like the mix of new stuff and nostalgia. So Yang and his daughter are sick and cannot be woken up. So naturally, I go to his wife and get a frying pan at a ladle. And I whack Yang with the frying pan and his daughter with the ladle. Eventually, he would just learn not to sleep so much. (laughs) So, and... Yeah, there. Yeah, I I don't want to spoil too much. Okay. Because you're gonna yell at me. <laughs> um, the one thing that I sort of regret doing is I think I could have leveled my characters in the individual chapters better. So, although I can only imagine that there's a cap in the individual chapters, I just don't know what it is. So, yeah. Definitely enjoying it. Definitely going to finish it this week. So, Shaman, 
Shaman. He got a Shaman also. What are you telling to hacker alias Donald Mick? (laughs) He's gonna get a kick out of that. Um, Me and Shaman both vowed that we would finish a game in the RPG cast thread. So Ah, he's got to give us an update this week on on how his is going. So I'm hoping that if I finish the after years um, within the next couple days, that I can start Tactics Ogre this week. Um, Beyond that, we've been playing Star Wars: The Old Republic. Which is sort of a, we've sort of been doing all the same thing. We're both getting pretty deep into our story. Um, I am now a lord of the Sith. I'm not a Darth yet, but I am working on it. And uh, I've learned the fun ability to... Did you uh, kill your master? I was going to say, how many... She started it. She started it. I like that. How many many spines did you have to cleave in order to get that position? Well, see, here's the thing, is my master was actually dying. And so she set up this crazy ritual in order to put her soul... By the way, Sith Inquisitor spoilers, please tune out if you don't want them. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Um... Yeah, she basically made this elaborate ritual where she was going to stick her soul into my body, and that's why she had me promoted to Lord. And she told all of her um, staff members and other apprentices that there was uh, that I was going to kill her. Of course, she was going to be in my body, so it was just going to be her reborn. However, um, my companion, um, I don't remember what the name of his species is. He always calls himself oh, the shot. Yes, the Deshot. Um, as she was casting the ritual on me, it jumped in the middle of it. So now my previous master's soul is now stuck in the Deshot's body. Which is great uh, because you end up having this massive, meaty looking, um, James Earl Jones voiced gravelly sort of guy and he every once in a while he'll switch over to her personality and she has this like teeny tiny little very feminine like noodle-ish voice so yes it is vastly entertaining and except the problem is is her master um decided that i'm not cool anymore so he's trying to kill me so my ancestor taught me how to eat ghosts, and now I'm going around eating ghosts. They're very tasty. Okay. They give me, they give me temporary immortality because because I'm linked with the ghosts. You can't kill me until you've banished the ghosts. But no one knows that I can eat ghosts right now. So what, no one knows. Is this like a Horcrux? I mean, what is this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was thinking about that the the night that this all happened. And um Seraphim Kitten and his wife are back playing WoW, so I have been playing WoW with them. And playing WoW again makes me appreciate the old Republic because um I got into a random where the healer came in with res sickness and sucked. And in the middle of the first boss, the tank left. And so we kicked the healer, and then we got people that didn't suck. And this makes you like the older public better? Well, no, it makes me appreciate the fact that 
there are some quality of life amenities that the old republic seems to be very resistant to like um cross realm grouping like that because you can sort of be you know the raging asshole and not have to worry about your reputation in wow whereas you do need to be a little more considerate in the old republic because you're dealing with only your server and um good or bad your name gets around pretty fast like we have a guy in our guild that we've known for quite a long time. Um, and he's actually, they talk about him in general chat. Well, they did during the first couple of weeks because he was topping the leaderboards. And yeah, PvP. he was, he's crazy at PvP. So, but yeah, other than that, this week I've been playing Get My Game Systems Working. I was out of batteries for everything. Mm. Lithium ion batteries, yo. Wow, that <laughs> hilariously derailing one liner. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> who, who, what's left? Did Manny. Oh, Me, I, want, I, guess. I think I wanted to know if Manny had played anything else. But he had disappeared at some point, right? Oh, I went to the bathroom. Oh, that's okay. It seemed like a good opportunity. So you played that. How's that shaping up? No. Um, <laughs> no I'm not an old man yet. <laughs> so I can go at will. That's nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of... Uh, what. Oh, yeah. Did you play anything else? Um, no. Oh, okay. Probably going to be Bastion today. Ah, there you go. Our game of the year. When are you going to be RPG Bastion? Game. I don't know. Um, not yeah. as soon as I should. I should finish it. You're totally right about that. Uh, well, uh, I think we've uh, ran out of stuff to talk about. So that's not me then? What? I mean, you said I played Mass Effect, but you didn't talk about anything else I was playing. Well, what did you play? <clears throat> well, I did play lots of Amalur. Okay, um, tell me about it. I just have some few funny things. Uh, one thing is, if I'm watching TV and not doing very well, and you die a lot, it actually asks you if you want to lower the difficulty. So it copies Gears of War. Got it. I just thought that was funny. Gears, I didn't of, like War. Gears of War. God yeah. of War. Sorry. <clears throat> Except the problem is that the, part, the the places where you die the most in God of War is in the puzzles. And they don't make that easy. <laughs> now, that was a room where the stupid ceiling opened up, or floor opened out underneath you. I hate yeah, that, that was terrible. That sounds fun. Um, one thing, I, it's, it's weird because... Uh, I think I went off before about random loot and I just, I talk with a bunch of people who play it and we all compare our random loot and the thing that bugs mm -hmm. me most is there are supposed to be these sets of armor you're supposed to collect somehow. Yeah, but it's because it's all got, random you never get them all. Nobody's ever gotten more than one piece. Isn't that stupid? I know. I'm like, I noticed that here. problem in the demo. <laughs> <clears throat> it seems like the only set I'm ever going to own is Shepherds because I can't find any of the others and you can't <laughs> trade with your friends. We actually found one. Like I have the gloves and she has the boots. And it's like, well, that's great. I'd trade it to you if I could, because I don't want them. It's just like, what is the point of having a set when I can never get it? I think I have the same issue in Dungeon Defenders. Oh, and then War in the North. No, 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 because you can go and buy people's oh, stuff. No, you're right. It was War in the North, Manny. Thank you. That was that was oh. the one. Yeah, a game. A lot of uh, games with random loot suffer from this. It's bad itemization. You got to sort of tweak it so a certain set is more likely to drop within a certain area. Yeah. And a game can get it right, like some of the Diablo games. 
and you can get it very wrong. I, I disagree. I think Seth should be quested. Uh, what you can do is use a, a modifier that's in a certain level range and make the the set bonus tied to that modifier or something like that. But I don't know. I I mean, I level so slowly. I get like a level an hour. And that time I've, you know, in the 20 hours I've played, I've gotten one piece of one set. <laughs> it's like, what good does this do me? Wow. I am curious. I actually created a save. I'm going to break down the Omni Blades and see if they give me anything good. Oh, wow. Wait, wait, wait. Blades. You already have the Omni Blades? Yeah, I finished the That's demo. That's what was supposed to unlock in the Mass Effect 3 demo. Yeah. I know. He, he just got it. He got. He played the demo during the show and then went and got the blades. Wait, the blades... Wow. Did crap. anything pop up for you or... No. No. I watched the whole so thing this, and got nothing. So, for all you know... So you didn't have them before, though? No, I had to go to the treasure chest and pick yeah, them this up. This must have been while you were out of the room, but yeah, he... Uh, it just shows up, and the assumption is when you finish the demo, or maybe just for having the demo, it'll just show up in your Amalur game. Oh, that's Okay, I, I don't nice. recommend salvaging the Omni Blades because you don't get jack for them. Yeah, they look cool. Just, just, if anything, just wear them on your hip. Yeah, except I have two weapons I like on my hip. Useful <sighs> I don't know, dude. Throw them away. Put them in the trash. Dump Throw them away. <laughs> I'll, I'll, put them, I'll put them in my house. It'll be fine. You need the uh, Amalur hideout where you can put all your unused weapons that look cool you do. on mannequins. 100 oh. and 155 slots. No, 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 not slots. You actually put them out on mannequins so you can see them. Oh, well, that would be cool, yes. You can do that in but, Skyrim. But no one can see your house, so who cares? Well, you can. I don't care. I go to my house to drop stuff in a box. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Fine. I don't. I don't need to look at my own crap. I know what my crap looks like. It looks like... I mean, that's like going my own study to look at my games. I already know what they look like. I'm not that impressed. Alright. The point is you come into my house and look at my games and then you're impressed and that's good. Sure. Once I mod that into Reckoning, I'll totally go into your house and check. Wait, that's never going to happen. <laughs> oh, no, no. What's going to happen is, is my house is going to be transported into the MMO. That's not going to happen. Not There's a 10,000... Your house is the only thing that structure that survived for 10,000 years. <laughs> and it was no, never... It's looted. magically transported. You're going to finish a quest where they're like, we can go into this house and pull all your stuff and there it is. And that's... They'll do that. My goodness. Don't doubt EA's ability to whore out another game. I don't think that would the, be... The Reckoning saved data, because uh, you never know what might happen. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Mass Effect saved data. You have no idea. What... Dude. Hey, it's on EA's cloud. You don't need to save it. That's where the next... The, see, don't you realize Amalur's universe and Mass Effect's universe are the same? So what's going to happen is you're going to level up a character in the MMO of Amalur, and then you're going to turn around and, and it's going to be part of the team in Mass Effect 4. Wait, are you trying to say all, the magic is just biotics? Yes. Somewhere there's like an Ezo factory yes. in Reckoning, and that's yes. how everyone's becoming. Even though this property isn't actually owned by EA, they've tied it together like that. Okay. You, you just watch. You know, that reminds me, a story that you didn't mention is a Drew Carpigian left Bioware. Oh. Protest over guy that guy who wrote, who wrote the, the novel poorly? Well, no, 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 no. That was William Dites. Yeah, I know. Or, I know. Well, Drew Capirian is the one who wrote the but three I'm saying, novels. I'm saying he, he, he just left. He's like, how text. dare you treat my fiction like this and stormed out, right? Actually, no? no, I think he left to, to focus on his own novels. Oh, all right. But he actually wrote a lot of the Mass Effect story mm-hmm. in general. He's yeah. like one of the he was the big Mass Effect lore guy. And that's why when he did the when he wrote the first three novels, they actually tied into the universe smartly. 
So yeah, he left. <laughs> we did something smart. I'm leaving. <laughs> that's just what it sounded like. Anyway. Hmm. All right. So that's all I have. I just have more Alma lore. Okay. That's fine. Uh, it's fun. Um, I do think I'm going to end up playing this game for like 100 hours or something. I seem to like every quest. And you're still not getting burned out on it? Well, I, I do see people's problems, though, where um, there was a choice once where it was like, well, do you kill the bad girl or do you kill everyone in town? And I decided to try out both of them, and it really didn't matter. It was like, oh, I killed everyone in town. That just means that they won't be in town. Nobody really cares. Just go back. And now that I've solved this, and I went back and they killed the bad lady. And then I go up north again, and this guy's like, oh, did you know the spiders are really bad down I'm like, no, dude, I took care of it. You know, you should understand that I've taken care of it. <laughs> it's just like, I spent hours in there. I shouldn't walk out and some guy goes, oh, it's so scary. I was like, what a drag. So I can see their point where it doesn't feel like you actually make an impact in the world. All right. Oh, well. I, I've, I've heard, you know, again, continued impact. Uh, there are some side quests that are cool, like the whole songs and stuff for the elf thing and certain other ones. Oh, but those are like, those are like quest lines more than yeah, side quests, right? Yeah, and then there's side oh, yeah, quests but- that are dumb and just avoid all the side quests. Only do the quest lines. I'm not even worried about it because most of the side quests are kind of like right next to what you're trying to do anyway. You mean like in an MMO? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing a main quest line. You go into town. Some guy's like, oh, you're going down there? Do this too. Okay. That's going to take me like an extra five minutes. I don't care. And I get extra gold. But, you know, some guy's like, oh, I want these three books in the other, you know, area over i'm like yeah i'll let you know if i ever find that i mean the nice thing about it is you can go do that pick up the quest and ignore it and then do it later and then just warp right back to the guy and say oh here's your crap give me my stuff you know the warping around is nice um it's it's something that i wish a lot more rpgs had actually (laughs) it's like oh i need to go back to town so oop, i'm in town and then oop, i'm back in the dungeon I mean, you don't go back to your exact spot, but you can just leave the dungeon, warp back to town, and warp back to the dungeon. You don't have to walk all the way back. Cool. So it gives at least a purpose of a dungeon where you can't warp out of it. But other than that, um, the game is too easy, though. Amalur? Can't you turn yeah. harder? It warns me I'll break my achievements if I do that. What? I, I tried to push it in either direction, and it warns me I can't do it, so I was going to save and see if there was a harder mode, because right now I'm playing on the normal mode. Okay. But I, it, it warns me in either direction that I may break achievements by doing so. Oh, probably. Okay, I don't know. Let's so I was like, eh, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> but one of my, I, I, my biggest problem is <clears throat> it's not hard if you play it nice, but if you play it a cheapy way, it's really easy. If you always wait until you have a boss when you have reckoning mode you're just going to dominate them there's there's no chance they're going to win so your challenge is to not use the gimmick they give you to win cool well Uh, i think that wraps us up for today right i think so yeah 
All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for coming on and coming out here and listening live while we stream to you and being on the show and all that. Uh, I want to let you know you can contribute to the show by going podcast at rpgamer.com. That's our email address. Send us your feedback. We'll read it right here on the show. You can send us MP3 segments like the Zoltan one you heard earlier. And you can also uh, call us at 608-729-4098. Oh, that's right. Someone called us this week, didn't they? Oh, they asked if we tried the Final Fantasy Type-0 demo on the PlayStation Store in Japan. And I think the answer is no, right? You should go do that. Yeah, I should. Do, I, I'm charging up the uh, Japanese PSP right now to try and do that. Uh, let's see. How's that battery life treating you? Yeah, um, it's weird. Which on the Vita or the PSP? The the Vita. Oh, I don't know. It, it seemed really good, but then if I put it to sleep and come back to it later, it'll always be dead. Wow. And I have to charge it for a while before I can turn it on again. Like, you can't just plug it in and start it up. It has to charge for a while first, like an iPhone. It's very weird. Um, I don't know what's I've up noticed, with it. I've noticed uh, my Android phone doesn't do that. Like, if I completely drain it yeah. and I plug it in, I can immediately turn it back on. Boom. Well, that either means it's better or it has worse battery management circuitry. I don't know. <laughs> which one? I don't know which. <laughs> I mean, I just assumed that it meant that it didn't need this critical power level before it could do anything useful. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, sometimes that's to deal with doing proper charging of a battery and stuff, but who knows? Um, I don't know. Because you figure once it's on, it's doing something anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, feedback for the show. Also, message boards. Board.rpgamer.com. Uh, nobody's doing any comedy shows coming up. Nobody's doing any theater performances. Nobody's doing any um, uh, Broadway appearances, so we don't have any of those to plug. But we can plug Twitter. Um Manny is Emmanuel E-M. Uh, and that's spelled with one N, one L? No, Marino E-M. Marino E-M. Oh, that's right. That's easier. Marino E-M. M-E-R-I-N-O-E-M. See? Right. It's much easier to spell that than last time. That is much better. Yes. Uh, I am Sabin1001, S-A-B-I-N-1-0-0-1. Michael is M. Tidwell, M-T-I-D-W-E-L-L. Anna is Paw... Oh, wait. Anna is A-M Newfeld, A-M-N-E-U-F-E-L-D. John is... What are you, John? On what? Twitter. I don't have a Twitter. Oh, that's why I don't know what you are. <laughs> that's why you don't know. Like, <laughs> John is not on Twitter. Uh, if you'd like him to be on Twitter, you can uh, you, you can a lot. you can email Quinsistos at rpgamer.com. Go ahead and so figure out how to spell that. Quinn. <laughs> oh, just Quinn. Quinn. Just, okay, Quinn. Q U I N. We weren't that mean. <laughs> yeah. I thought we used to be, but all right. <laughs> Zoltan wants to learn how to use Twitter. Uh, he, yeah, we should teach him how to use Twitter. Be nice. <laughs> and with that, I think we're going to sign off. And we'll see you next week. Um, oh, wait, no. No, we will not see you next week. Next week, what? I will What's be I will be in Vancouver next week visiting Anna, and I don't think there will be time for a show. They don't have internet in Canada. They do have, they do have internet, but there won't be time for a show. So spend the next two weeks um, playing Vita and... Wait, wait, out two weeks? Why? Yes, because we're missing a week. There will be two weeks before we see each other again. Yeah. Okay, okay. Spend the next... Two All right, next week, get your Vita and find something good to play on it and tell me what it is. And the week after that, go download this Final Fantasy Type-0 demo and tell us all how good that is. There's your homework. You should just loan me your Vita and I'll see how good it is. Um, well, you don't need a Vita for it. It's a Type-0 is a PSP game. No, I meant just so I know how good the Vita is. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll just drop it off in Seattle on the way. Great. Yeah, that'll...
All right. So <laughs> with that, we're going to sign off. Goodbye, everybody. See you next week or two weeks from now. Bye. Bye. Bye.